Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. It's a great time to live in Mississippi, and we're talking about it. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio. I hope you're having a great day as we continue to celebrate all the people who make Mississippi such a special place to live, work, and play. Listen, uh, no big quotes to do. We're going to actually have a little bit of fun today, talking a little bit about Mardi Gras and what's happening in the city of Biloxi. So without any further ado, let's move over to my friend, the mayor of the city of Biloxi, Fofo Gillich, and say, how are you doing, Fofo? I'm great, Ricky. How are you? Good to be with you today. I'm I'm doing well. Hey, listen, uh, I've had a little bit of fun because I've uh, you know I was the publisher of the Sun Herald, but then I was also publisher of the newspaper in, in Mobile, and then also publisher of the newspaper in New Orleans. And when it came to Mardi Gras, I always enjoyed having a little bit of fun about that because while the big celebrations and all the big Mardi Gras crew hoopla and all that is sort of internationally known what happens in New Orleans. As you know, Mobile's always made the claim, and I guess history somewhat supports this, is that the first recorded Mardi Gras was actually in Mobile in March 3rd of 1699. And it, you know, as, you, as you know, it was heavily influenced by French and Canadian explorers. But what I like to believe is that Diablo the French explorer that came to Biloxi actually uh, practiced some, observed some type of Mardi Gras uh, tradition. So I always had a little bit of fun poking with my friends in Mobile uh, and New Orleans to say that, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, while the big hoopla celebrations may not have taken place in Biloxi, it's very possible that that Mardi Gras was observed by Diaverville. So maybe Biloxi gets that claim. Well, let me let's check the data, okay? So you know, it, it, we just celebrated 325 years, March, I mean February 13th, 1699, okay? And it's documented where he, where the Abbeville landed, a little bit, a uh, uh, little bit to the west of where the mall is, okay? And that was February 13th. Now, what, what you claim it may have pleased the court that they celebrated Mardi Gras in March? That's a stretch. <laughs> That's a stretch. So let the data kind of confirm that. We've got, you know, logs from his, where he came aboard, came, even our friends a little bit in that village called Ocean Springs next to us claims that, you know, he he got there. Well, we we got, you know, from February 13th to, what was it, March, they celebrated uh, uh, Mardi Gras. That's a a stretch. So the data doesn't support that. But uh, (laughs) Hey, what's interesting? I spend a lot of time in artificial intelligence. I just I just enjoy looking at the different if you do searches on Google versus if you were to go to AI to a chat box and ask a question, what do you get? And I tried to ask this AI question every which way but loose to try to introduce Biloxi into the conversation about being mm-hmm. the historic first. And you can't get it to answer that way. You just can't. That's right. So we we got some work to do to keep that on the table, but you know, regardless, Mardi Gras is a huge part of our celebration here. Oh, no and doubt. if you you know your your folks in your in your public affairs office do a great job of, um, of of helping the citizens see all of the incredible celebrations that are in and around Mardi Gras, and you can see that on your social media site for sure. But it was it was a fun year this year, wasn't it? 
It was. Like I said, we, we had a birthday cake coming down. You know, the Gulf Coast Carnival Association float, the first float was a, a, a happy birthday, Biloxi, 325 years, February 13th, 1699. And absolutely, it was, it was a great day, perfect day. And and, and my granddaughter, Angela, was one of the pages for Queen Ixalip, Queen Elizabeth. So it was a terrific year for us. And, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, I said we estimated the chief estimated cloud, a crowd of about 80,000. And uh, my son-in-law was actually captain of Carnival, Keith Way, my favorite son-in-law. He's my only son-in-law, but he's my favorite <laughs> son-in-law. He did a great job. And uh, so it was a great year. Neptune the week before was was, was terrific, and, and uh, you know, the night parade, and coupled with the uh, you know hundreds of, of of floats and vehicles in both of those events was great, and bands, and and uh, it was just a, a good time, a good time had by all. And we had good weather too, man. And uh, you had uh, Chapel Hard from yeah. Mississippi, uh, from Poplar actually, and they mm -hmm. are now in New Orleans. Who've been on. On the national uh, competition, I think, uh, what was the... Uh, Idol, American Idol, I think. Um, um, no, no, America's Got Talent. America's Not, Got exactly. Talent, yeah, for sure. That's the one. And they've, you know, they've been, they've just back from their, their first major tour, but they were, I guess, was it Grand Marshals? Is that what you referred right. to them as? Yeah. Neptune. Grand Marshals of Neptune organization. And, when, and look, when they talked, they got, they got a lot of followers. So when they're on social media talking about how proud they are to be in the Neptune parade in Biloxi, they're talking to the world. It's pretty cool to be able to see that, isn't it? They had a good time too. I can tell you, they, that experience was great for them and great for us. Great for Biloxi, so. So yeah, we have a lot of. I thought saw Roger Wicker was in town for a parade, and um, I mean it's just it's just cool. I mean it's a it's a exciting time. I know Ann and and her sister Lisa, they they take the family and meet up with uh, Peter and their family. I, I got to where I, I don't like the crowds anymore. I kind of I stay home, and this time I actually stay home with with one of our grandkids, but. It's it's a fun time of the year for the city, but you know it hits at a time when you got a lot on your mind. You got the state of the city address coming up. Um, there's an awful lot to talk about these days, isn't there? All, right, all the time, I mean, like you said, at this time of year, from January on to it was it how, how many days? Sixty days, ninety days of of legislative games, and, and uh, that goes on right now. So it's right in the middle of it. Then you know, you, in, in your mid-year kind of consideration as far as budget and projects, but our, our projects, uh, you know the the main project, we hopefully we'll get MDOT and CSX approval for that right away to uh, to bid uh, the uh, Pops Ferry extension, and that will uh, be a significant another significant um, move. And so we hopefully in, in a year that will be completed. But just to bid this thing, we have the the funds and and, and the uh, you know the, the engineering plans and the whole transportation plan will will, will kick it into high gear. We, uh, of course, Rouse is just understanding that we were going to do that. Rouse's is, you know, uh, June, July, maybe, uh, opening their 60,000 square foot uh, uh, retail facility, which is, uh, it was going to kick some other significant uh, plays in, in that area. But that extension is a big deal. And I'm really proud to say that uh, the, the county and some of the state and, and then us, we, we borrowed some money at, the, at absolutely the right time to to do this, so uh, uh, I'm 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 proud of that win. And hey, listen, it's exciting yeah. about Rouse's. One one of the one of the opportunities I had as president of Nolan Media Group when I was in New Orleans is to get to know Donnie Rouse and his team mm -hmm. there. 
And they have, you know, the Rouse's brand, they figured it out. They figured out how to play in a world where you've got Walmart and super, super Walmarts and neighborhood Walmarts and some of the other things that are happening at some of the other major brands. They have figured out how to find their niche. And it's right. And their value, the value in shopping there is, is not all dollars and cents, but it, it, it's, you know, service and, and uh, capacity. And, uh, you know, some of the things, um, you know, in looking at some of the preliminary, just, you know, the cafeteria eating kinds of components, and we, you know, that's going to be in this store, that's going to be like no other. Uh, yeah. The one in is, is pretty strong, but this is going to be a step up. So really, what, really what they've done for people who've been, they've got a couple of flag or a serious flagship uh, in uh, in downtown New Orleans, which I spent a lot of time at, but they've really just uh, really refined and have been very innovative about how they've done a lot of local sourcing. That's kind of their thing. And there's a, there's a sense of the Southern culture. And in the, in the case of Louisiana, obviously, a little bit of Cajun and seafood and all that. They figure that stuff out. People who have experienced the Gulfport store, it's a, it's a fine store. It's a really good store. And they continue to do things to improve upon it. But if you look at all the concepts they've done at Rouse's, really, and they've continued to grow, multi-state organization, um, most of those concepts are going to come to play in the very significant multi-million dollar investment they're making in Biloxi. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? No, it, it really is. You know, these these companies, and, and when they look at expansion and capital and opportunities, they use a little, not so much artificial intelligence, but they got native intelligence that say, this is what it's, it could do and possibly why uh, from the, you know, the drive time to uh, the average income. You know, people always ask, well, how come we can't do this? Or how come we can't do that? Well, you know, companies are driven by market matrix and, and opportunity. That's every company, you know, whether it's a casino, whether it's a hotel, whether it's a shoe store uh, or, or, you know, the the things we've seen at, uh, at Rouse's. So we're we're comfortable that we must be getting doing some things right because those those triggers are not pulled unless the, the factors are right. We do have another little challenge, like in, in the east side, you know, on, uh, a little bit further down the peninsula, in that people, the, the companies and, and their their algorithms can't understand that, you know, the peninsula is home to about 7,000 hotel rooms, okay? And you look at the occupancy on weekends. You know, Biloxi's not just 50,000 people. When you do this 3.2 or 4.2 million visitors a year, in the 7,000 hotel rooms, it's more like 100,000. So, you know, just look at, at Cabot Street between, you know, the Beau Rivage and, and IP. That's a significant population that kind of, you know, uh, increases the, the opportunity. We, that's our challenge is that, hey, do you realize? And you got Keesler and you got, you know, uh, a, a lot of other things that uh, come into play when you evaluate what should I do with my money? Boy, that is a, that's a, that's a, a big deal, actually, and it really it really plays to the economic value of Biloxi as an expansion opportunity to a number of different businesses, not just grocery stores. Hey, when we uh, come back on the other side, we'll continue our conversation with Fofo Gilch. We'll see you after this.
passion and love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show. Welcome back from the Citizens Bank Studio. We have my friend, the mayor of the city of Biloxi, Fofo Gillinch. Hey, before we leave Rouse, just one other quick point. Um, I work out at, at Planet Fitness, so uh, it's two miles from my house. So I'll run to, to work out and, and do a, a brisk walk back, and it's just kind of part of my routine. So I've been able to watch the uh, the former Winn-Dixie building uh, in the process of converting to Rouse's. And man, oh man, they, I was I was surprised they didn't take the roof off because they went in there and gutted that darn thing. And I mean, they they didn't try to save anything. They they're no, going all in on that facility. No, aren't they? I think they're they're putting about thirteen million dollars in getting the four subsystems and so forth. I mean, it's all brand new. Uh, foundation, if you will, but you know, to do the things that they need to do with with lighting and, and, and those other, you know, refrigeration and all that, that, that it was first class. I mean, they, they spared, you know, spared no uh, no expense to get it like get it right, and I think uh, that's what we're real tickled. Yeah, you know, all, all these things add up. You know, just a little bit down the road, you know, in, in about a year and a half, I think, is when the uh, uh, the global uh, Keystone Federal Credit Union begins there. Uh, their you know expansion and that's going to be 1500 jobs on that one spot so that's all kind of you know crosshaired to uh, uh you know the uh pass road uh highway 90 expansion yeah. of, of, of pops Ferry. so it's how we're gonna right. yeah so so let's let's talk about that for a minute because we've ch- chatted about it before there's this in- important head headquarters for keesler federal it's um the um, how are we going to handle the the traffic there? Because it's it's going to with that many number of people coming in and out of there, is there going to be a specific traffic plan for specifically there? Yeah, well, you know, looking at the redesign, we're putting about three million dollars in the interchange where you can do four lanes instead of stacking up. If say suppose you're coming from the west going to the east and you got to go across that two lane bridge, right? Yeah. And how do you, uh, you know, we're going to expand it four lane as, as much as we can probably. Uh, a quarter of a mile, maybe a little bit more than that. So you'll be able to take two lanes off of Pass Road going north and the same thing, you know, uh, from the other direction. But then you go all the way to Highway 90. It, yeah. it's, it's tough if you got to go reach Highway 90 and you got to make that little j- job to get to Beauvoir and then another job to get by the Coliseum. So it's going to be straightforward. The, you know, the yeah. traffic flow from uh, from the west will be, uh, you know, uh, enhanced, I think, and then from the east also from uh, on Pass Road. So and when you extend... Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, the plan is, is pretty solid, and in, in, you know the investment in the interchange where they come together, as well as you know at how at Highway 90, which then again gets you in a mode where we talked about it before that uh, this now touches a major Highway 90, and it's not a Biloxi road anymore. It can be a state aid road, which puts us in, eventually, you know, uh, a, a new four lane, no no uh, no drawbridge uh, situation, but. Right now, we've uh, in the middle of uh, about $15 million of rehabbing the drawbridge so you don't have to have a, a crowbar in order to make sure it fits when temperature changes. And, and that's, you know, we're going to fix the mechanism there and the grid and, you know, the, the, the grade or all those sorts of things will be fixed. So that's in, in process also. So uh, we're doing what we can. You know, uh, the, those bridges are like building submarines. It takes 10 years to do, to do these things. And, and uh, 
Uh, well, as you as 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 mayor, we went through this conversation about. I, I think the the important part of having a conversation about if the community wanted to correct that bridge, if it wanted to do it now, the the only way we would be able to afford to do it now would to be able to make it a toll road. And people push back on that, and we decided that's not the the right approach. But if we were going to fix it. We wouldn't have a drawbridge. We would have a high bridge that gets over the, the canal there and eventually obviously goes on down to Highway 90. And the problem with this is that the city owns that bridge. It's not a state bridge. It's not a federal bridge. And and by the time the money gets to something like a city of Biloxi to build infrastructure like a bridge, none of it is left. There's no money left. So the only hope we have to change the priority of the Pops Ferry Road Bridge is to get that designated a state highway. And that's, that's what you're hoping to do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that, that will be a real, you know, a real deal once we open that in, in a year from now. It will be touching the major, uh, you know, uh, highway that we have. And that's how we yeah. have it. So we're, we're and, cool. We just got to keep pushing, keep pushing. <laughs> And hopefully that will change the calculus and and yeah. all of that. You know, I, I enjoy having uh, sort of updates with Matt McDonald, McDonald, the the work at the Coliseum. They've had like one record performance after another. I mean, unbelievably sick. I mean, they're just knocking the park, knocking the ball out of the park on concerts, et cetera. So ultimately, I know there's been a, you know a lot of give and take and and, um, and negotiation with them. Finally, you've worked through most of that. Will there be an entrance from Pops Ferry into the Coliseum where you have to go down to Highway 90 to get in? No, you, you, you'll be able to come out. That's part of the, the and it's about, I would guess, about uh, three, the, 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 the request from the Coliseum and their board to enhance, you know, an underpass that ties both of their uh, uh, parking facilities as well as a, as a cut through into the highway or into the Coliseum right about uh, midway, you know, uh, to the convention center from you know the expanded road that's there yeah and, and yeah. again uh we uh we've requested and i bet we got support from the county in order to come up with that that's 3.67 million i think that's what the latest count was but that's not coming out of biloxi's nickel that's coming out of the coliseum and directly put them in a position to do a few things but one is to uh, have a greater opportunity to maybe get a convention center uh, uh you know hotel uh, facility there, but yeah, that, that, we all know that that yeah, we all know that would be terrific to have that the the really really significant uh, what I would call tier one. Not that we will ever be exactly a tier one, but we can be working in that direction. Destination resort is to have a hotel adjacent to your convention space, right. and hopefully that will work out at some time point in the future. But as you you know, you think about doing a state of the city address, you can't help but think about. From the moment you walked in that door, the kind of infrastructure management that you've had to do as mayor, I mean, the, the, the amount of money being spent through phases of, of work and development of uh, infrastructure and redevelopment of, of infrastructure in the city is really mind-boggling, isn't it? <laughs> It blew my mind. In 2015, we had 55 miles of, of, of uh, road torn up, and uh, you know, a, a project that was totaled 340 something million dollars worth of infrastructure, deep sewer, you know, uh, uh, new water, new storm drain, new surfaces, new curbs, and uh, 
to, to date, since 2015, I think we've paid right at 300 million. So we've delivered 300 million. And uh, as I said, I want I know more about construction and, and those legal terms and uh, the games that contractors and engineers and, and, and developers play than I really wanted to know about. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, kind of reaching back uh about the, the, the dream we had of or, or the plans we had for our Biloxi Beach connector taking 67 all the way to Highway 90. Okay, at the time, 2015, when we had it designed, the whole two new causeways, two bridges, no, no, uh, and as well as the connection to the highway was, was 255 million. Now one bridge is 200 million. So, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. It is what it is, but uh, you know that's all still part of the dream. That that phase A is what we're getting ready to bid out. So that first part of this thing, and then you know uh, keeping the bridge open and keeping it movable. Because if you haven't been trapped on it for 15 minutes, it feels like it's two hours. Even if it is, you know, but it, it's uh, it is what it is, and we're going to do the best what we can do. Hey, well, listen, it is not the sexiest part of being a mayor. There's no doubt about it. But what goes on underneath the roads in terms of infrastructure is ultimately the biggest enabling characteristic for growth in a city, isn't it? Oh, no doubt. I mean, just looking at things, you know, what has to move under the city? You know, what has to move aerial? What You know, these things have to happen. You don't, you don't have an opportunity, you know. To, to shut down for a day, or I mean, it's got to be done within hours. If if uh, over the years, you know, you look at the initial sewer system was was done in, in 1957, I think, uh, and it with a with a, a lifespan of 25 years, and that's what we've been running on. You know, over we've been a little bit over time on, on water and sewer. Well, w in this situation where we've rebuilt, especially the east, you know, from St. Michael's all the way to to the Beach Road. We're eliminating uh, by using very deep gravity-fed sewer systems that we, we have eliminated uh, about 70 lift stations. There was 175 lift stations. So, you know, if you lose power, you know, stuff doesn't go anywhere. And, and so uh, the design was was righteous, so to speak, and the goal was, but, you know, it's still costly. And if you've ever seen a 34-foot uh, hole, you know, in Biloxi, it's scary. It's like the reverse of a pyramid on how you got to do things. And uh, Yeah. You know, but, hey, listen, I'll tell you, one of the things, we, of course, you know, we stayed at our house on, on Back Bay for Hurricane Katrina. And one of the, you really got a chance to really appreciate what you're saying is because in some cases, storm drains were, were getting in the way of sewage drains. And the very first, as soon as the water started to come up, the very first thing that happened before the water actually started to come into the house is that the storm, storm water infiltrated the sewage system and out of every hole in the house, sewage started backing up into the house. That was the first thing that happened. People don't think of it in those terms, but when you've got an outdated system those are the kind of things that happen and it, and it alerts you rapidly Woo, we got some things that need to be fixed hey listen when we come back on the other side we'll continue our conversation I with mean. Fofo Gillage as, as he barrels toward his state of the city address we'll see you after this
reminding you why we all love living in this great state of Mississippi. It's the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio. And we have my friend, the mayor of the city of Biloxi, Fofo Gillich. And we were talking, man, I can't, it ain't sexy, but when you're talking about stormwater drainage and water and sewage and all that stuff, you know, did you ever think in your wildest imagination that you would become kind of a project manager? Because that's what you became initially. Oh. Well, you know, we manage projects, but not not to you know the extent of, of what you have to touch and what you have to consider. And then you you know what from a, a this is how you do it in a public operation. You know, you and I in business can pull the trigger and understand what's important to me, and you know, get multiple quotes and making sure there's no no obstacles from uh, the federal money re- related to. And you know, it, it is complicated, but you know, we're able to you know put a team together and and, and uh, make sure that those people who have expertise on this is what you can do, is what you can do. I give I give all of them some ideas about what what needs to be done, but then how can we we do it the, the right way without uh, you know having complications from the federal government or, or some, you know, or, or state government. Uh, so that's the challenge, you know, of, uh, of, of uh, actually making things, you know, keeping it functional and keeping it, uh, you know, safe, friendly and beautiful. But uh, it, it's a, it's a mess as far as, uh, you know, what you have to, uh, what comes through this door, so to speak. On, on it's amazing. Isn't it amazing that 18 going on 19 years after Katrina that we're still doing major infrastructure fixes. It's amazing, isn't it? And it's so much, you know, there's so much to it. I mean, you know, you run across things and valves and, and, uh, you know, the T's and stuff like that. I mean, just like uh, we were doing uh, uh, Howard Avenue in the St. Michael's one and two, we're going down Howard Avenue from about Crawford Street to Rose Street, and 19 feet down. So we're coming from about 10 feet down to 34 foot down where you know the sewer flows. At 19 foot down, we ran across a pool of creosote, and creosote is of course hazardous. And timeout, everybody calls everybody. Says, Bottom line is, we had to remove 2,500 cubic yards. Of this creosote and, and dispose of it, in, you know, in, solid, in a uh, hazardous waste situation, that that says, okay, stop for about six months, add another seven eight hundred thousand dollars, and hope somebody will pay for it. That you have no options; you got to get it done. You have to have it removed, and and, and you know, then you just hope you can, uh, you know. Uh, uh, survive the the blow, so to speak. But we did. But that happens all the time, you know. With uh, uh, you know, with the the the, uh, uh, the cemetery problem where we uncovered some you know a, a, a grave and, and some bones. That took a year and about one point two million, and, and and proved that this was not a prehistoric, not an Indian you know burial site. Because anyway, the the uh, the exam state examiner kept the bones and said this was a coffin. Uh, uh, burial and it was flat on one side. I mean, I could write a book about. It. Come on, man. Well, well, like you know, really, when you do, you you and I chat about this before, but it literally is an archaeological dig. You don't know what you're going to discover when you're going that depth in an old city like Biloxi, do you? You just don't know. Especially when you get on the point. I mean, you know, and uh, uh, they're, they're they're doing some things right on the property right now. About every ten feet, they're poking a hole and figuring out that there's no, you know, archaeological uh, issues about you know the possibility. Of development on that site, but uh, you know it, it, it's a 
it's a, a great a privilege and a great honor to to be sort of hey gotten you know this this historic and this great great city that uh, that yeah. everybody generation after generation you know that will enjoy this so so when you when you're preparing for a state of the city address you know certainly these things are part of it but the things that probably give you the most pride is when you focus on the amount of development that's taking place in the city right now it's you know oh, yeah. looking at downtown and the transformative effort that's happening there there's a lot to talk about and be proud of isn't there Oh, it is. It is. And it's fun, too. I mean, you know, to, to be part of it. You know, the, the Rouses was great. It was a great, uh, you know, event and, and, and uh, ground zero and, you know, the redevelopment of the parks building, you know, looking at, you know, the, the uh, even the toasted yolk, uh, you know, those kinds of things, you know, bit by bit by bit will make it, hey, very cool, not just cool. And, you know, everybody, you know, you don't have to say uh, Bluxy, Mississippi. You just have to say Bluxy now. They, they get it. People get it now. And that, that's what, you know. It's sort of you know compensation for for whatever you know pain in the behind kind of effort you got to do, twenty four seven. I told you, I don't know if I told you the story, but you know they they jump on me about being you know being mayor, you're on top of the world. I said, let me tell you something. My first job, you may have you may have heard this, but they somebody might not have heard this. My first job is, is that I got paid for was I was a can catcher at my grandfather's Seacoast Packing Company, the site of the of uh, where Golden Nugget is. So the, us can catchers were about 11 or 12 years old. We would catch the cans after the shrimp were put in the cans and the top and the tops put on the, the, the can and we would put them in a rack so they could be pressure cooked. So it's just move one, two, two cans at a time. And probably all us first cousins were around the, the two topping machines that we had at the factory. Well, uh, as, I, as I shared with my, my friends when they jump on me, I said, I was making $1.25 an hour then. <laughs> I said, that's what I'm making now, $1.25 an hour. So, uh, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's it in a nutshell. But, yeah, it is, uh, it is a labor of love for sure, you know. And truth is, you know, Fofo, people generally, you know, can appreciate the fact that you didn't really have to be mayor. I mean, you 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 weren't looking for a promotion in life at the time. You You had had a lot of success in your life, and you wanted to give back to your city, a city you loved. And... You've uh, you've been you know dedicated to that cause, and that's that's what drives you, isn't it? Oh yeah. Well, you know, our grandparents. You know, looking. You know, even when you think about Fred Hayes, some of the great things that have happened. It's because our you know previous generations, our our ancestors, our grandparents' generation, and even a little bit before them, what they did for us so we could be successful is what you need to pay pay forward for our kids and our grandkids you know you know hey this, this is uh i don't don't you don't have to do this but i want to do this you know yeah yeah i think about you know as you know i'm married into the bahanovich clan and <laughs> i think about the 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 track that, that Anne's grandparents on her father's side you know went through from Croatia to go through Ellis Island to get here, and you know the, to remember this beautiful place they left, but mm -hmm. but the repressed place they left and kind of decisions it took for them to make a decision to relocate to Biloxi and so many others that did that. You you look back in time and think about how hard they worked to make the city viable and to contribute back to the city and to give their families a life. And now here we here my kids are, you know, three generations re removed from that and having tremendous opportunities in life and the role that Biloxi and that culture and that heritage and those traditions played in their lives. We come so far, man. I mean, it's a, it's yeah. amazing how far we've come, isn't I think it? We were, we were fortunate about people who came before us 
and they, it, it, you know, instill the me and you how to think. Think through this. Think through this. Look, evaluate every path you could go down and determine as best you can. You make mistakes, but you know, you're supposed to make mistakes, but you're supposed to learn from mistakes and you understand, uh, hey, what's the deal? You know, this is what you need to do. And, and yeah. you, got, you can't be bashful. You know, you're going to make mistakes, but uh, you know, the net result, you know, uh, it will be beneficial. You know, you, you can be cautious, but guess what? I mean, you're real cautious, things don't happen. You got to yeah. step out every once in a while. Um, you uh, you had a uh, Supreme Court ruling that is uh, working in the city's favor as it relates to Veterans Avenue and what can happen there uh, off off the uh, beach. How do you view all of that? Well, you know, it, there's a you know there's some some games being played up in in, in the legislature, but you know the, what drives me is what what can we deliver. Based on what RW was doing, if that's what you're talking about, the veterans' opportunity, you know, what you know how much it, it costs to build piers. I've, I've met with Senator Ezell, I mean Senator Wicker and Ezell, just about re- replacing uh, the 800 feet pier at uh, in, in Pavilion at uh, at the lighthouse. Now, what we were going to get is about a 3.5 million dollar pier at the foot, regardless of whether that you know, has nothing to do with casinos. That's their perception about what's going on. I wanted to, you know, we wanted a Harrison County and Biloxi was in sync. If this guy wanted to build, yeah, some of these people they have never been to Santa Monica, have never been to Galveston, never seen those kinds of things that are happening on the waterfront. Okay, and uh, nobody from Jackson or anywhere else can tell me what's best for Biloxi. Biloxi, Biloxians and the count and, and, and city where we are, we know what's best. Give me a break, you know, and, and, and application after application, opportunity after opportunity. These things, obstacles, I call it, get in the way. Now, the law that's part of this thing that's being considered is going to unhook uh, uh, the ports and harbor uh, legislation since 1935. Now, can you imagine? Forget about casinos. You can you imagine? You know, you look at some of those old pictures from 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 the point. You know where piers were. You know where canneries were. You know where uh, you know restaurants and things were. You know that's going to throw another level. That I mean, I'm completely in in a mode. Uh, that, hey, they know not what they do. Okay, and, and so that's why I'm. You feel like my blood pressure went up. My blood pressure didn't go up. But this this is this is think your way through this ball. Because I, I know, you know, look at the point. They, they, you know, they lost a, a, a case with the uh, Fisherman's Wharf, okay? And I think he'll yeah. probably try to appeal it or undo the ball game, and that's that's my perception of what's going on. Hey, hey why don't we like- do this? When we come back on the other side, we'll, we'll just kind of remind you what this issue is about. And it's uh, you know, it speaks to the Secretary of State and even the Attorney General and whether she was going to get involved. And I mean, it's a, it's a complicated case that the city appealed to the state Supreme Court, got a ruling in its favor. And um, a lot of, some think this is going to be a changing of the gaming rules and whatever. We'll just, we'll just see, in fact, you know, what, what his read on that is. We'll see you more with Fifo Gillich on the other side. And now, back to more of the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio for the final segment with my friend, the mayor of the city of Biloxi, Mayor Fofo Gillich. And uh, 
Fofo, what you know, we were talking about RW development and all that's happening there. Every time I look over there, something new is, is coming up that's family oriented or whatever. But there was this discussion about the city building a pier there. And um, some disagreement with the Secretary of State over whether that should be leased tied lands. And it's a complicated issue that plays to this perception from casinos, some casinos, that we could be changing the rules by approving this and enabling potentially another casino to emerge there. And so there's been what seems like on the surface just a conversation about putting a public pier there of some sort that would require that would require some type of lease to have it there. It's evolved into this bigger conversation and kind of this historic battle or fight with the Secretary of State and the Supreme Court getting involved. And did I set this up properly? Well, you know, the pier was there, right? And, and long before the Secretary of State and the prior Secretary of State at Coliseum, okay, that pier was there. And guess who gave them the authority to put that pier there? The Biloxi Port uh, and, uh, so, you know, and Authority, right? So the opposition, not only there, we did it, I went through this when Delbert was the Secretary of State at Oak Street. You remember that? You probably use that, you know, yes. coming from your phone calls. That, uh, so uh, the, the Biloxi Port Authority has the, and guess, even think back a little bit further. Uh, without the first bit of state money uh, during the Blessy administration, they built the Port Cadet, Point Cadet Marina, right? Without the Secretary of State or Thailand's, you know, it became fashionable for them to say, let me cash in. And that's pretty much, you know, the way they got their feelings hurt. But, you know, my, what I am adamant about is, the, you know, the, the local jurisdiction, the, the me and the council and those folks in the neighborhoods know a little bit, you know, uh, have a little bit of understanding what, what works for the local jurisdiction. Not somebody from, uh, you know, from Jackson or, or even Pascagoula. This worked for Biloxi and it's working for the state. Okay, and, and you know, if their perception is this is a you know uh, trying to get more, it is what it is. My my position is this Biloxi its port and authority cannot be revoked. This legislation that's proposed will unhook things that have been in place since 1935, and I'll be passionate and I'll be adamant about. Uh, you know, uh, you're throwing levels of, of uh, uh, you know, uh, development obstacles that you, know, you don't have to do. And, uh, yeah. and, and yet on every occasion, my results, the results have been better for the state of Mississippi than, than not. So, yeah. And so the Supreme Court kind of saw it your way. Absolutely. You look at the language of R.W., you look at the language. He just got beat at, at the uh, Fisherman's Wharf. They thought he, they own that property, and they got beat there. And if he repeals that, they're going to get beat again. That'll be six for six, That the, the disposition. only way he can uh, change it is redo the law, and that's what's going on. So let's, yeah. let's change the ball game. I mean, you know, Secretary of State mentioned that, uh, that you know, oh, yeah, I don't agree with the, with the Supreme Court. So I'm going to work yeah. with my friends in the legislature to change it. That's what, yeah, that's written down. You can see that. So well, who, yeah, who I, I'm, not handling, I'm not handling anybody personally, but I'm protecting what, what needs to be done for local jurisdictions. And it, it was the same with us, same with Gulfport, same with uh, people who live on, a, on, on the, who has more waterfront opportunities than anybody. Yeah. Biloxi does. And let me ask you this question, because I don't know the answer, but who in the legislature is shepherding legislation that would stop you from wanting to do what you want to do uh blunt 
you know, from the Senate side, that's how it was introduced. And I'm not sure. No, no, yeah. Who I know what I'm saying is, is there a, a senator or a representative who owns the legislation and is shepherding that through? Blunt, I think, from a Senate standpoint, I'm not sure who it is from, from the House. I, I read okay. a little bit of that, but it got me excited enough that, that I've been, you know, engaged with my our other, my, you know, brother mayors and, and uh, uh, the council. Hey, this is this is complete uh, uh, nonsense. Okay, yeah. and it's just a result of somebody's feelings hurt, and 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 uh, so let's let's, re let's change the rules. You know, it, it yeah. says, you know, in Judge Slogan's decision, not only the Secretary of State does not have sole authority to allow these sort of developments, and whether it's gaming or not gaming, or it just hey, we we are the you know the jurisdiction where the rubber meets the road, and I don't need to ask for you know uh, these different things. Uh, even, you know, there's a lot of, you know, uh, game playing, so to speak. You know, yeah, you just, just sign it. We, we have, you know, complete control. And, uh, <laughs> hey, my position is clear. I'm not going to back off on that. And the Supreme Court kind of saw it your way. So it would be interesting to see how, if legislation can evolve that would stop the city from, from uh, you know, doing, doing what it historically since, does. You know, hundreds of years, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no I, doubt. Hey, how'd you like to have to go get permission to, to, to do something behind your house, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I have to. I, what I have to do now is I have to go to the DMR. And, and, yeah, that's uh, okay. But yeah. that's not. But not not the Secretary of State. Okay. Yeah. No, you're exactly right about that. There's no doubt about that. But listen, uh, Fofo, it's been great to catch up with you. As I always say, we should get together more often. Well, definitely, definitely. We'll, we'll go ahead and drink a cerveza and uh, come to the lodge on Thursday night. I ain't going to let you out. So we're, we're good. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Hey, listen, it's been a pleasure, my friend. All right, uh, thank you all. Appreciate it. Y'all have a good day. Thank you. This has been Mayor Fofo Gillis from Biloxi. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Mississippi Media Production.